at this juncture, allow me to invite Ryan. Uh, Ryan, who will be reciting for us a portion of scripture today. Karibu sana. My name is Ryan Musumba, and today I shall recite Zechariah chapter 13, verses 7 and 8. Awake, sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. Thank you so much, Ryan. Allow me to pray for our preacher this morning, Reverend Irene. And Lord, we are grateful so much for the oracles of your word, the privilege of sitting at your feet and gleaning from the wisdom of God, that it would please you to open our hearts and our minds, that we would hear, we would hear, Lord, and understand, and see with seeing. I pray for Reverend Irene, that she would be in your hands what this microphone is in mine, to just reverberate the very hearts of God to your people. So I pray that you'd bless her and bless us to this end, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Koti. Uh, thank you, worship team, for leading us so powerfully in the presence of the Lord. Today is Easter Sunday, and I just want us to declare that he, he is risen. Can we just, those who are watching us from home, if you are alone, it's a very joyous morning. So I want you to just uh, uh, look, look at the camera uh, wave uh, from, you know, the screen, I don't know, around you. And just let's declare that he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. This is a very beautiful morning. Uh, we celebrate the goodness of the Lord. This is what we are celebrating uh, today, that he is alive, uh, that he is risen, uh, that this celebration of this resurrection of Christ Jesus gives us hope. It gives us hope for future. It gives us hope for our eternal life. It gives us assurance of a life of eternity. It is his resurrection that gives meaning to our faith in him. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, And if Christ had not risen, or if Christ has not risen, your faith, my faith is futile. You are still in sin. And so knowing that Christ is risen today, we know that he went, he took the key, and now we can celebrate that we are forgiven and we are no longer in sin. And so today is a day to celebrate, uh, uh, of celebration, uh, because we remember the day of our redemption. That day our sins were taken away. We remember, you know, the day uh, where, uh, when our sin was taken away, the sin that was separating us from an amazing fellowship with our God. And therefore, continuing from where we left on Friday, I almost said last Sunday, it was the, uh, just this Friday, the Good Friday. You know, Pastor Kasim reminded us of the words of Pro Prophet Zechariah. And, and we continue from there. We did up to uh, verse 6. And today we continue from verse 7 to 8, looking at 
the promise that Zechariah made to the people of Jerusalem who had defiled themselves by worshipping idols and living in total disobedience. You know, that the Lord was going to give a fountain, a fountain that will cleanse them, a fountain that will set them from principalities if only they repent and turn back to him. Praise be to God. If only they repent and turn back to him. And that was the condition that was required of the people of Jerusalem. And as we look at the scriptures today, our topic is the strike that frees. The strike that frees, that sets us free, that delivers us. He was beaten. He was rejected. He, was, he went through it all. He was crucified. That we may be set free. That we may be delivered. And so this time around, you know, he is not, uh, God is not talking about releasing floods, you know, like the time of Noah. He is also talking about sending fire, like the, the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. Our God is not talking about opening the ground to swallow us, but it is in his love he gives us his only begotten son, Jesus, the true shepherd who will be rejected by those whom he came to save who will be falsely accused, who will be nailed on the cross, that we may receive our freedom. And this is what we celebrate this morning. Praise be to God. And so I want us, as we look at, this, our, at the scripture today and our topic of the day, we are going to talk about three things. Number one, the sacrifice. Number two, the shepherd. And number three, the sheep. The sacrifice, the shepherd, and the sheep. Now, I will add it, the perfect sacrifice. I remember growing up, uh, how I could be so dramatic when I see blood oozing out of my feet, even if it is a teeny tiny scratch, you know? You know, you are scratched and you feel ouch. And then when the blood comes out, you start screaming. The scream was not because of the pain, Yeah. There was that, but then there was a scream because you saw blood coming out of your body. The medics are the people I salute the most because they interact with this time and again. I can't even slaughter a chicken, you know, or kill it <laughs> for that matter. And when you remember the Old Testament, as I read through the sacrifices in the Old Testament, all these bloody images of sacrifice this and sacrifice that is what I get into in my head. And it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable, you know? And today, as we look at the perfect sacrifice, I am among the people who are really thanking Jesus that I wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning sacrificing a bull. I am so grateful this morning because of that perfect sacrifice. And I know many of you are really grateful this morning for that. And we do not have to go back there. Pastor Kasim last week was talking about people trying to take us back to the tradition where they're saying, oh, we need to pour blood for this and pour blood for that and pour blood for the healing of so-and-so and pour blood. You know, people want to take us back there and we do not have to do that. We do not have to go back there. We need to be very conscious when we are doing the ceremonies around our cultures and custom. If it is slaughtering a god slaughter, 
Choma, enjoy your meat. But I know there's so many sacrifices that we make sometimes even unconsciously as believers. And we really, really need to take care and to inquire more about some of these things. But we have the perfect sacrifice in Christ Jesus. And the more we understand the depth of that sacrifice, the more naturally we delink ourselves from some of the things that causes us to go back there. He had all and far much more beyond what the Old Testament sacrifices were all about. The rest was, were just substitutes. And they could not, it was impossible for them to take away the sins of the world. But Christ was the perfect sacrifice. Perfect in all ways. Without blemish, without sin. You know, even during the accusation, Pontius Pilate uh, 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 was in agreement. And he said so that he had not found any wrong in him. But they kept on shouting, no, crucify him. Release Barabbas and crucify him. And he was crucified, yet he was not at fault. He was the righteousness of God. And so Zechariah reminds us this in 13.7 about this perfect sacrifice. And we see God awakening the divine justice word. You know, it's almost that he's talking to it. He says, awake, sword, against my shepherd. I like how our narrator or the person who recites the scripture today was doing it, uh, including the, the voice, the voice narration and how you are doing it. It comes out so alive. Awake sword against my shepherd. This in itself tells us that it is God Almighty. It is the Lord Almighty who was in control of things. You know, Satan sometimes deceives us and we tend to think that we are in control. And the, and the, Roman, uh, the Roman Empire and the leadership thought they were in control. They thought they were the one who were killing this Jesus. And you know, they could even uh, look for ways to lie about his body when it was missing. But they do not understand the genesis of the redemption story. Back from the fall in Genesis, you know, all the way the plan to redeem humanity after the fall. And this is the plan that God had in the beginning. And Jesus had been set for this assignment. There was no need for humankind there was need for humankind to be delivered uh, to be delivered from their sinfulness. This is where we thank God for Jesus because that sword of divine justice was meant for you and me. The sword of divine justice was meant for you and for me. And so we thank Jesus for, for coming. And this cup was just, uh, Jesus says, Father, if you can take this cup away from me. But this cup was Jesus' assignment. And he had to drink of it. He wished it could be taken away from him. Yet he committed to the task to the end. Because he desired to deliver you and me. The perfect sacrifice. He was beaten. He was struck. He was rejected. He was falsely accused that we may be delivered. Awakened sword against my shepherd. Against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Yahweh the Lord Almighty, the mighty man of war, declares war over principalities. And Pastor reminded us this last week. He begins to declare war against 
the principalities that has awakened and raised uh, and arose against God's people. And we have seen and testified the victory of Jesus Christ when he declared on the cross that it is finished. And I will ask you this morning, what is your commitment to this perfect sacrifice? My dear brothers and sisters, there is no two way about it. We cannot claim to be of the Lord, yet we are led by the flesh. We cannot claim to be of the Lord, yet the very things that we were delivered from is where we have immersed ourselves in. We are of the Spirit. And someone made a statement sometimes back and he said, we are born body, soul, and spirit. But with time we kill the spirit and we adore the flesh. And the flesh begins to take over. And at some point it doesn't make sense anymore. And that's why we explain. When we talk about abstinence for young people, they're like, no, how is it? I cannot. When we talk about Deliverance from addiction, we see the impossibility because we are dealing with the flesh. And we are not engaging the spirit because God connects, us, connects with us in the spirit. And so the struggle, the principalities that we were talking about, if only we can engage in the spirit, we have been set free. We have been delivered, praise be to God. We have been delivered from these things. The shepherd, the great shepherd. And this reminds me of a song, Bwanani Mchungaji Wangu. Sita pungukiwa kitu ni pitapo bondeni mwamauti. Sita hogopa by Kigame. Psalms 23. And verse 7 says, I walk sword against my shepherd. Against my shepherd. God the Father calls, calls Jesus, sorry, my shepherd because the role of governing the role of tending, the role of saving the world was on his shoulders. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who is in charge. He had been seized from the beginning for the purpose of our redemption. We live in a world where we can easily be swayed away from our roles and our purposes. And the number one weapon is destruction. We are distracted so easily and we do not stay focused and we lose it all. We are distracted by the short-lived pleasures of this world. And I remember growing up back in the village, we knew a dog for a dog and we didn't have to call it a goat, you know? And <laughs> though herding was mainly the role of young men from where I came from, I remember there is a time I was given the assignment to do, to do that role and I failed miserably. You know, if you can imagine tending goats and sheep around very attractive uh, looking young maize. One day after I went herding, you know, and I was carrying an umbrella and a novel. I think I have shared this story before. You know, young girl from high school and you want to look nice and you go with an umbrella and a novel and you're going to herd goats and sheep. 
around very nice maze. And I do not want to narrate that story. You can imagine what happened and the consequences thereafter. Easily distracted by things and we do not stay focused on the role that we are given. Don't worry, the role of shepherding right now, God by his grace has equipped me. And so you don't need to worry that I'll focus on a novel and an umbrella. You are in safe hands. Some shepherds do not qualify to be shepherds. And that's what Zechariah talks about in chapter 11, 4 to 17. He actually paints a picture of the worthless shepherds. Annihiling. You know, when you hire someone to go and take care of your gods and sheep, they will come with one missing, another one. You know, they will not take care of it. When you hire someone sometimes to take care of your business, they do not give the commitment that it deserves. Because they are just carrying a mentality of an hireling. This business is not mine, so I just need a salary at the end of the day and I move on. Sadly enough, it is the mentality that has even sneaked into our offices. And now we find our service in excellence is really threatened. We lose focus very easily. A shepherd who is worthless, a shepherd who is shepherding for their own selfish gain. Chapter 11, 4 to 17. A shepherd who is taking advantage of the sheep so that he may sell and declare himself a wealthy man. A shepherd who desert the flock. We see this in our political arenas. We see this in the church even today. We see this in our homes where people are just in pursuit for, you know, where you are supposed to be taking care and tending you are eating and taking advantage and oppressing the sword of divine justice. And so God called this shepherding in verse 7, this shepherd in verse 7, a man close to me. Praise be to God. This was the difference, the different thing about this shepherd. He was the son of man. He was the man. He, in fact, he calls him my shepherd. I am raising this word against the man who is close to me. You can imagine how this was for him. I am raising this word against my beloved, my only begotten son. There was no replacement like the time of Abraham that he had to provide a lamb and be like, no, 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 spare your son. This is the sacrifice you make for me today. But Jesus had to went through it. Or he had to go through it. He was the perfect, the, the perfect shepherd. We have shepherds in one way or another, whether they are godly or ungodly in our lives. They are the ones who direct, they speak to us, we listen to them. And some are worthless, and some are misleading us. Some lack the truth, and some, because of bad shepherding, we have walked with a lot of insecurities, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are so afraid. All we see is evil around us, evil that is devouring us, evil that is devouring the land. And the Lord is looking out for the third. He said in verse 8 that two thirds will be struck down and perish, but yet one third will be left in. He's looking for you and me, the one third. 
And you are being called to stand in the gap and be able to emulate the great shepherd and be able to shepherd other people. To stand in the gap and repent for our own sins and repent for the sins of our families and repent for the sins of the nations. Because some of the things that we are going through is because we have ignored the leadership of the great shepherd and we are shepherding ourselves. Our God and loving Savior, Jesus Christ, is a good shepherd. And he did not set us free into nothingness. But he did so as a good shepherd. He laid his life for us. And he is the one who can only guide us. He has given us a manual, his word to guide us in how we live our lives here on earth. When we repent and seek his face and be in constant fellowship with him, he will guide us through the seasons of life, including where we are right now. He will guide you and me through the fears and our desires, the things we desire to achieve. He will guide our lives in this sinful world and teach us how to live our lives fully while we are here on earth before we join, in, join, join, in, join him in heaven. He will shepherd you and me out of the imprisonments the things that are holding us, the idols that we are worshipping, the addictions that, we, that have taken over our lives, he will deliver us and shepherd us out of those things and set us free. He is available for you individually and for me and for our nation and for our families. And so today, let us call on the great shepherd. And the third one that I want us to look at is the sheep. Because when the shepherd is shepherding, we have the sheep. And today I'm being reminded of many songs. And one of the choruses I remember singing when I was young is, Thank you so much for not calculating my age. Thank God that song is not dated, but you can imagine how old it is. And I won't say much because I know Kina Mr. Maura are watching. And when I talk about my age and I'm embarrassed in front of them. And just like I said, I imagine being one of the condo, one of the sheep or the flock. And I imagine the same, the very, very sheep and the, and the, and the gods that I was herding. And I could not relate with this song at all. Because already I hated it. Because of the things I went through with it. But you will think, you will think that way. Because when you look at the ship and the character of a ship, sometimes it looks confused. But then some people say that is what this, uh, is described as the gentleness of a ship. They acknowledge their shepherd. A beautiful thing about it. And follow them everywhere he goes or she goes. You can easily lose a sheep because you can't easily lose a sheep because they love, they love hanging around each other. And in this group, they portray their true character, their real character. They even have their own ringleaders. And so when you have a shepherd like me who is reading a novel and an umbrella, the ringleader will lead them somewhere and they will follow. 
Sheep are to be led. And most mistakes are made when they try to lead themselves. Similarly, we are so lost and confused without a leader, without a great shepherd. As a sheep, we are afraid we will be devoured because we are not safe out there without a shepherd. It is actually cold out there when you are not with a flock. It is dark out there when you do not know where to go to. And you have to be chased from one chamber to another because you are lost. It is very lonely out there. And I'm speaking to you, the sheep of God, the member who belongs to the flock of God. And sometimes we feel like we need to take charge of our own lives and lead them on our own. You have waited on God for so long and you seem to see him as if he's delaying. And you begin to do your own timetable and your own rotor. And you lead yourself. You become the ringleader of your own life. We are not okay when we are alone. We try to pull away from crowds when we are going through issues. But it is then that we are attacked the most because we are not okay when we are in a crowd. We pretend many times to be well, but deep within, within, our, within us we know we are not. And John chapter 10, 1 gives us a perfect relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, characterized by a consistent fellowship. Jesus being the gate, we enter in and out of the sheep pen, pen through him and we are safe. That is what he tells us. In John chapter 10, verse 1, reading to up to uh, verse 14 there. We know his voice, and so when he speaks, we are sure it is him. Actually, there was a prophecy that today it was going, we were going to have three days of darkness. And there are so many voices out there, so many prophecies. And Jesus wants us and says, in the last days, Satan will, will camouflage himself in people, in your preachers, in, in things to try and mislead you. But then he tells us that my sheep knows my voice. And I am the gate. They come into the sheep pen and they go out and I'm sure they will be saved. And we will not be afraid of corona and the waves of corona and the stings of corona. We will not be afraid. The death will not separate us from the love of God. We've lost loved ones, friends. And sometimes we are so devastated by these things. But this is the hope that we have in Jesus. That he will be there with us. He will be watching over us. He will surround us, keeping us safe from the enemy. He will command his angels concerning us, Psalm 91. He will declare war against the enemy and he's a victorious God. And so Zechariah paints a scenario of what happens to the sheep when the shepherd is, uh, is struck. And I know naturally we respond in three ways. You know when you are scared. I don't know which one is yours. You know, you freeze, you fight, or flight. You take off. This, uh, and you know, when Jesus Christ was arrested, I, I want to feel, this is my own opinion though, but I feel like all the three happened. Because Peter fought. He took his knife and went for the ear. What was happening with the others? They froze. I'm so sure they were just there staring and wondering, oops, what is happening? 
And then reality dawned on them that Jesus has been arrested and they took off. All of them. Matthew 28, 31 says, then Jesus says, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. It really matters that we are scattered when the shepherd is struck. It really matters. Because we, we're running around like headless, you know, chicken. I've never seen one though. But I've had stories. And so we, we are lost without him. And so we run away. But it matters more what you do when you are scattered. When the disciples of Jesus, the apostles who are going through persecution, they were scattered. They took off to many countries, but where they went, they took the gospel. Praise be to God. Do you take off to go and deny him like Peter? I feel like he used to be so reactional, you know, just in action. Do we run off? Do we take off to go and deny him? Do we take off to hide away from being known as a Christian? No, 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 no. I am not a Christian. I just used to go to church, but no, I am not. You know, I'm not a Christian. I have even seen people who have changed their names, you know, because they are in areas where they are doing business with Muslim people. They have changed their name, and when they are with them, they are Muslim. And because the deals and the tenders that are coming are huge, you give up Christ for a minute. Let me just take this tender. Then after that, I go back to Jesus. How fast do we run away from him? How fast do we hide away from him? What do you do when you are, you know, when your shepherd is struck at first? What would you have done if you were the disciples then? Would you be scattered to go and share the good news? I don't know. They went into a room somewhere and they had to lock themselves. And I want us to just imagine the journey and what was going on during that season when Christ was not with them. But one of the things that really encourages me is that they spent time together. And when they spent time together, in their moment of fear and anxiety, they encouraged one another. Remember, we cannot exist outside the flock. They encouraged one another. They reminded each other of what Jesus has, had said concerning the day. No, no, no. Remember, he said he will die. And on the third day, he will rise again. Oh! And then there was someone doubting and saying, ha, we are a cult. And somebody else is saying, no, 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 we are not a cult. And in the midst of the conversations, Jesus appears to them. And in, the, in all that, they are still doubting. The Thomases in our lives, they're like, oh, is it really you? But they were there, they gave hope to each other. Admits the doubts and the confusion. Brothers and sisters, we are in a season where we've been scattered. We are in a season where we can't do life the way we were used to doing it. You can't come, church, come to church the way you used to. We have been scattered by this pandemic. But there is hope because in all this, Jesus, the great shepherd, is with you and he is with me. He's tending to his sheep. 
He's using people around your life. If you're lying in an hospital bed, I want you to know that Jesus is there with you. If you've tested COVID positive and you are worried and anxious at home, keep up a life because Jesus is with you. You might sometimes feel alone, but you are not alone because you have the true shepherd who hears to your silent prayers. Speak to him. You are not alone because God has positioned people in your life who can encourage you. Call them. Allow them to pray with you. In this difficult time, our fellow flockmates, I want to encourage us that we have the great shepherd. And so therefore, as we conclude, I want to remind us that we have been set free. Praise be to God. Him who is alive today, him who we celebrate each and every day of our life, he has delivered us. Let us live with so much joy because he has given us the freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from fear, freedom from confusion, freedom from doubt, freedom from all fears. He, the freedom giver, is with us. And this is the assignment that Zechariah talks about. I know we did not read verse 9, but this is what happens to the one-third. And this is what the Lord declares about the one-third. He says, after he has dealt with the others, he said, this third, I will put fire into them. I will refine them like sil silver. Praise be to God. And test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. Let me just invite the worship team to come. We do a hymn in Christ alone. And as we do this, I want us to reflect on our, you know, on Easter celebration. And commit to the seriousness of Easter and pray and celebrate the great shepherd who is with us. Celebrate the great shepherd who has walked with you since the time you said, yes, I have accepted the Lord. Because there is no guilt of man. Satan has no grip on you again. He cannot hold on to you again. You have been delivered. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you that we can stand because of your love. Thank you, God, for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. Forgive us for, if we have taken this for granted, oh Lord, the deliverance, the being set free, oh Lord. We thank you for being the good shepherd, for being the great shepherd who is always watching over us, who is always standing to us, who is always governing us, we surrender to you as a sheep. Teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to listen to you. Teach us to come back to you all the time, oh God. And as we celebrate your goodness and celebrate a day like this, there are many who have not made the commitment to accept the great shepherd. There are many who have not understood this salvation that we are talking about. There are many who have heard about it, but they have not made the commitment. 
And if you are there, would you just raise your hand and repeat this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I surrender myself to you. I ask for forgiveness for all the sins that I have committed. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I accept Jesus into my life as Lord and Savior. And I pray that would you write my name in the book of life. That I may enjoy the fellowship with the great shepherd and be the sheep in the flock. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you have made that prayer, kindly get in touch with the church so that we can just pray with you. Thank you so much. I'll ask you to stand wherever you are and let us just receive the benediction. May Christ dwell in you. May Christ dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God and the peace of God Almighty Father Son and Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore Amen Amen